Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live feelessly with Carvana. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 it's almost like she has no malicious intent at all. Tiny, stop that, you little monkey. Um, he's like scratching. I got this over here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I am mighty excited for this one because I have Alicia Silverstone here. And I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I'm, I'm a kid of the 90s. And every movie that I fell in love with then has kind of made me the movie lover I am today. And Clueless is obviously very much a part of that. But the other thing that really impresses me about you is I feel like it's underappreciated how incredibly busy you've been ever since you started. The amount of projects you turn out is just crazy to me. Aw, thanks. And with such variety, too, which is another thing I greatly appreciate. But on Ladies Night, we like to start at the very, very beginning. So first off for you, what was the thing that started it all? Was it a movie or a performance that made you say, this is my industry, I need to be an actor? Well, I didn't know it as an industry and I want to be an actor like connected like that I my dad my parents are both in my parents 
are English. Um, my mommy is no longer around, but my, they were both, uh, very British and I would go to England every summer with them and we would see theater. And so my love of the theater is where this all really came and started, you know? Um, and I, so I was a theater geek really. And, um, and I remember seeing, you know, Faulty Towers, the, the show with John Cleese. It's an English t- TV show, and it's wonderful. But, I mean, really, truly, if you want to laugh your butt off, watch that. Have you got half a bottle of the Beaujolais? Yes. Oh, fine. Great, good morning, Camel. Another great group of table 12, please. Camel? I do a beg your pardon. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Thank Throw it away. Okay? Throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> now! Throw it Manuel, he was like the, the fumbling butler. I saw him in a play in London somewhere. And I remember hanging over the balcony looking at him. He rem- And when I went to get my program signed afterwards, he said, were you the little girl hanging over the balcony? And I was like, oh. Yes. Um, But so I had a love of theater and then my and then my dad saw me do a play at school, something at school. I guess I was probably 12. No, no, that's not true. I lie. It was way earlier than that. I was eight when my dad. Why did we do that? Oh, because this woman, Pat Forrest, told my dad that I was going to be a star from my from my little performances that I did at for them, you know how every kid puts on performances for their kid, for their parents. Um, um, so whatever I was doing, she said she has it. And so then, I mean, and so then um, we, my dad like got me an agent. He took pictures of me and like went to a modeling agency and talked to them about this. So I went down that road and then eventually I found he, my dad found an acting teacher for me when I was 12. And that was Judy O'Neill. And she had an acting troupe in Los Angeles. And she brought them, she would bring, we, we were in San Francisco in the Bay Area. And all these people from all around the Bay Area would come together on the weekends and do acting classes together. And it was so much fun because you were in this thing where um, you could, like kids would talk about not liking their parents because they were mostly older than me. And they would talk about the pain that they were experiencing. And it was, it felt like what, therapy would be like for young people you know it was really therapeutic in taught you know expressing yourself and wasn't all just surface which I feel like at school was a lot of surface mm-hmm. and I was a deep intense kid so to have other people having deep intense things happening I was like oh, this is my place whatever's happening here this is it and then, yeah I was determined to go in order of everything you've done, but bringing up theater, it was making me wonder, what do you think it is about performing on stage in front of a live crowd that, I don't know, maybe came in handy when you most needed it? Because just going through your filmography and your body of work, it seemed there was a point in time where it was almost moving away a little bit from from film and television. And I mean, you still do it today. Pick up a lot of stage performance work. Thank you. I wish they had that on your IMDb, but it's not a movie it's a movie database and that's not a movie, but it would be wonderful if you could kind of insert like nine months doing this play on Broadway, you know, that's a really good idea actually Broadway so that they understand where you were. 
when I started acting professionally, I, I was innocently loving acting. I had no goal of being in a movie or any goal of being in a TV show or even understanding that there was an industry. But the theater, you know, when I did my play with Laura Linney and Eric Bogosian and Brian Darcy James and Donald Margulies was the writer. He's a brilliant writer. And Daniel Sullivan is the director, brilliant director. I mean, I didn't want to leave to go to the bathroom to pee because I didn't want to miss a word that was said. So I'd wait till Laura had to pee. So I'd go with her because then I figured I wasn't going to miss much. Cause she, so I would, you know, and I just, it was so incredible. I mean, and, and, and then I just recently, I mean, not recently, but I guess like four years ago, recently did a play on, on Broadway with, uh, Lynn Meadow at the Manhattan Theater Club. And, you know, you just get, to, for me, it's about getting to do parts that you don't, that you weren't getting to do in film at the time. And, and luckily I've been able to do a lot of great fun parts in film since then. But, you know, it's like finding something really juicy to sink your teeth into that you don't necessarily get to do elsewhere. And, you know, this, this play I just did that the four years ago was so intense and interesting and funny and a, a, a character I had never, I had never done before. Busy Friday night? Maybe. Maybe not. Well, there's a dance. Want to go? I'm not big on dances. Or we could ditch it. I might have plans. Cancel them. Okay, it was a risk, but... All right, I will. Bingo. So, Friday then? Friday. Yes. I saw the mountain, and I took it. So pick me up a date? You can park the car out front. Park? Car? And honk? Were you aware of the Wonder Years when you scored that role? Uh, maybe. I think so. <laughs> Do you remember what it was like being on a set like that so early on in your career? Because not only was it a huge show at the time, because I think it was later in its run, but, you know, you're stepping onto a set with a whole bunch of pros who had been working on that show together for so many years. So was that comforting or was it the reverse and more nerve wracking for you? Well, I was a baby. I mean, I was, I think I was 14, probably. And that was one of, I think that was my first acting gig. You're right. So thanks for bringing it to that. That was, um, I mean, I got a Domino's commercial before, t you know, TV commercial before that. But yeah, this is my first thing. Um, so I imagine I was quiet and just like overwhelmed and just taking it all in. I remember thinking that Fred Savage was really cute. And he, and I, <laughs> I worked for a lot of years of that. Yeah. And, um, and I became friends with Josh Saviano. It's so funny because Fred Savage, I think he asked me for my phone number. And then he, he, um, he called, but it was like it, my, we had a house phone that turned from my dad's fax most of the time to a regular phone. And so it was usually on fax when someone would call. So I think he called and he got the fax. And then one time, and then somehow Josh got my number or maybe I gave it to him too. <sighs> Both of them. <laughs> I don't know. But then we became friends. Um, anyway, um, I ran into Fred Savage like a hundred years later, literally, I think I was doing Die of a Wimpy Kid or something. And I saw him, I ran into him out on the lot and we hadn't seen each other since we were, I was 14. I don't know how old he is. Um, <laughs> this is really funny. 
I feel like it's probably a good thing he didn't get your number back then because he couldn't pick you up for a date in Parallel Park. So it was for the better. It was. For I the think best. that I actually think that episode is what gave me the biggest fear of parallel parking. Like before I even tried it. I think you're right. Like that's really hilarious. When I, when I think of parallel parking, sometimes I think about that. It's <laughs> it made it really scary. <laughs> so. At what point in your career did you start to visualize what you wanted your path to be? And maybe it didn't go that exact same route, but what was the first time you're like, you know, I don't know, like I'm going to be a romantic comedy star or like I'm going to be an action star. Was there any point where all of that came into focus a little bit? Um, no, I, I, I never thought of it like that. I never, um, you know, because I started in theater, I just really loved my my idea of acting was I really loved the idea of exploring the um, the the psyche, really. What what makes a person do what they do? Why are they the way they are? What's you know, I was doing that anyway as this little intense kid, like just sort of feeling pe- I was super sensitive to people's energies. I still am. So I could just feel like, what is it that's making them like that? And, you know, that was interesting to me. So that's always been, and then exploring parts of yourself and letting things out of yourself through this medium, you know, putting yourself a hundred percent into these circumstances and finding that part of yourself that relates to that experience. So I, all of that has always been what led me and, and that can happen anywhere that can happen in, you know, I, I just did a podcast where I, it's an act, an acting podcast. It'll be like a, like a television show, but on podcast, if that makes sense. So it's just all, it's all through um, the microphone. But again, I'm pl- I got to do so many things with my voice and play and just express and, and, and when I, I produced a show for children a long time ago called Brace Face. Oh, I know that show too. You do? And um, when I, so when I did that, like, I just loved being that little girl, being able to be the voice just of this. It's just so much fun. So I guess it really doesn't matter what the medium is. It's sort mm-hmm. of how do you get to play and express. But I really love theater and um yeah. So I don't know along the way I can tell you now, I know what my path is now. <laughs> I don't know that I ever knew what it was before, but my path now is I want to continue to work with really interesting people. I want to work on projects with directors that I love and actors that I love and, um, and just be totally and utterly turned on by what I'm doing. That's what I want. You're you're definitely doing that at the moment. I have a whole list of directors you worked with recently. We will, I'm not going to jump ahead, but especially okay. a certain movie that came out this year. I'll tee that up. I am mildly obsessed with. Okay. Um, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of gaining notoriety through the Aerosmith videos, because I mean, oftentimes today, this is just the first example that's coming to mind is when I speak to someone who maybe got big off of a TV show, maybe it's difficult to move from TV to film if that's the route they want to pursue. So when you gain notoriety through music videos, did you find any pushback when you wanted to move into film or did it actually open those doors? Well, it didn't work that way for me because I did the crush first. 
And so The Crush was my first oh, film. I forget about that one. Yeah, so The Crush was my first film, and I got nominated for awards for on MTV as like best newcomer and best villain. So I think that I was being taken seriously as an actress right away, luckily. And the Aerosmith video wasn't a girl in a bikini. It was the first time we had a, a video with a woman being this powerful kind of badass little thing. And so I think that, you know, and that's what Amy Heckerling saw me in that video. Mm-hmm. And she wanted, she was like, I want to meet that girl. And, um, you know, in that time period prior to Clueless, I did a film with uh, James Gonofini with a French director named um, Alan Corneau. I did um, a weird indie movie called The Babysitter. That is like whenever I see Quentin Tarantino, he always brings up The Babysitter. So, you know, I did all these weird things and then I did Clueless. So, um, yeah. You know, I have to ask about Clueless just a little bit. I won't bury in you, you in questions right now because I know you've gotten asked about this nonstop for good reasons over the last couple of years. So with Clueless, where where to even start? Maybe the movie is just packed with so many iconic sequences and lines of dialogue, but is there any one moment that you're most proud of when you look back on it that you wish people talked about even more? Not necessarily. I mean, I think over the years, probably people have figured this out, but at first I think people just thought that's what I was like. And I was, I'm a very serious actress. (laughs) That was a, that was a role I was playing. I'm not at all like the character um my heart is in the character of Cher but um but I do think that people have figured that out now um I really like there's one moment I really like in the movie where I and I always felt like I was channeling some old you know 1930s or 1940s actress or something and I had some people in mind that I just felt like I'm connected right now <laughs> but it was and my mom too but the, when I get out of the car before I get robbed at the um, mm-hmm. you know where I, before he puts the gun to my head when I get out of the car with Jeremy Sisto and I just did this like whoosh thing it's like a, I don't know what it was but I sort of brushed it all off me and, and, and you yeah, I mean that makes sense Cut it out! Come on! Stop it! Cher, where you going? I just thought that was really, like, where did that come from? But it, I remember thinking it when I was doing it. It just felt something like my mom or like a Marilyn Monroe or Lucille Ball-y kind of feeling, and I liked it. Is working behind the lens something that still really interests you? Because... Also, in bringing up what you were talking about before, just with, you know, the certain things that are going on in the real world that are important to you, it it does feel like film could be a medium to have an even louder voice about all of that if you kind of wrap those into a a scripted story. Yeah, I haven't figured out how to do that, to be honest, because you think about like Charlotte's Web or Babe, and you think about how important, I mean, good news is Babe convinced James Cromwell to go vegan, Um, but in, for the most part, I don't know if people just hear it and see it as a sweet story and then forget about it. And I, so I, my, I really care about our world and people being healthy and the animals not being tortured and, 
and starving children. Two million people die a year from hunger. And that's unacceptable and unnecessary because we could just take the food that we're feeding to, literally we take the food away from those people, feed it to animals. It turns into a very small amount of food, takes all our precious resources to do it, and then it kills you with heart disease and cancer anyway. So it's so inefficient. You knock out four, four million people a year and we could just, there was enough food on the planet to feed everyone if we just um, ate more plant-based foods. So I feel so strongly about that. And, um, and now I'm lost. I don't know what you even asked me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just find that, uh, and this, this is a big oh, reason why I, lo I love cinema and storytelling in general, because, you know, sometimes when I don't have firsthand experience with a certain topic, sometimes a movie can be the best possible way to put myself in someone else's shoes and really learn from learn about that from their perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something to consider, but I think what happens with me is there's not enough time in the day. I'm a mom. I'm trying so hard to work on my projects and get things done, but also just be a really present, good mother. I think that's an act of activism in itself mm -hmm. and you know, to put a responsible, good person into this world and uh, a healthy person. So I just really don't know how there's enough time. So with producing films and that, that kind of, like I do still do it, but I don't do it because it's something that I really want for my ego or need. It's more out of self-preservation, you know, to make sure everything is proper around you when you love a script that might not, um, that might need some help with the other elements. And, but I, most I do, I enjoy film. I, I love being a part of it and I love acting and I really just want to play with the greatest artists there are. And in the meantime, do all my work on trying to make change through uh, books and activism. Well, you really get the opportunity to play on bad therapy because when the three of you are in the room together and you're just kind of like tossing dialogue back and forth, it's so effective. So what was it that drew you to that opportunity, especially with a first-time feature director? Because, of course, William has tons of experience as a producer, but th this is his first feature, and it's fairly ambitious. Yeah. Um, well, first, why I wanted to do this film was because I read the script. I, I read the script maybe a, a year or so before we even started shooting, and uh, I loved the script. I loved these wacky characters, you know? And I really appreciated how you have the Howards. I play Susan Howard and um, Rob Corddry plays my husband. And we are totally in love with each other and really good together. But there's some things that are starting to percolate and bother um, Susan. And so she thinks they need some therapy and that it would be a good idea to communicate and get this stuff sorted out. And unfortunately, they picked the wrong therapist. <laughs> And very much so. This therapist played by Michaela Watkins, who is amazing. And I was lucky that these Rob Cordray and Michaela Watkins were all very friendly outside of this project. So we already all knew each other and care or enjoyed each other very much. Um, so to be with them on set was an extra joy. It's like hanging out with your friends. But um, they, you know, the fact that they go down this rabbit hole of, of marriage counseling and pick, she just tries to ruin their lives basically and or she does ruin their lives and and my character what I loved in the script is just she's like a normal woman who slowly unravels and 
you know, she pulls a knife on her husband. She, <laughs> she's just so, you know, wow. She, it was such a good part. And I loved how wacky it was. I loved how Mika- uh, Judy Small, the part Michaela Watkins plays, was such a crazy person. And I just thought it was a great script. So that's why I wanted to do it. I love the script. I was not ready for that with Judy Small. I mean, maybe it was just my own fault for not having read up on it enough. But when the realization hit of what what she's actually doing, I was I was so taken aback. So what what was it like working with Michaela? And how did your impression of the character of Judy Small on the page compare to what she did when you guys got on set? That's really interesting. It was... It was different because I had a, the project had gone through so many different stages prior to it being made that I had different, there were different people at different times that they were talking about that my mind. So you sort of imagine it a certain way. And um, yeah, what I love about what Michaela does is she's so, it's just so like nothing, just like a wolf. It's just, she's, (laughs) she's just, that's just what she's doing. And um, so, so it wasn't like dramatic. It was very, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's hilarious to watch her because she's just like, you, you almost feel, you, you feel for her because she's just, this is just what she is and who she is. And she's not apologizing for it. And it's almost like she has no malicious intent at all. Tiny, stop that you little monkey. Um, He's like scratching problem over here uh, um so it's like she's just she's not a pol- she's she's not aware of she's just one of us in the room and I love that so that when she's becoming awful she's just I think she's fantastic that's the she, point she I, really I think Michaela's fantastic and Rob Corddry's fantastic I, I loved being in the when we would do our three the scenes with the three of us together it was like playing masters in tennis I imagine you know where we each just threw a ball and you just see where it lands and you don't know what you none of us you're all just reacting off of each other and playing with each other it's so much fun so correct me if I'm wrong this this script was adapted from a book and the author of the book is the one who wrote the script so what was it like for you working with a script like that in in scenes like that are you able to play or do you kind of feel the the pressure even more so to stay true to her words well, you can play while staying true to someone's words a hundred thousand percent. I mean, I love like with Shakespeare or with David Mamet, like you're using the words, but you're playing because you're going to all these different places. So I, I didn't, I, I didn't feel that it was important for me really early on to establish with the director and the writer that like, this is how I work and I need freedom to play and, and, and have no boundaries at first. Like, let me go and, and I'll go crazy and I'll do everything. And then you can come in after you've seen me do it like two or three times and sort of go, okay, let's try this. And then, and then I'm like ready to do that because if I can't kind of get it out of my system first, I feel very limited. And then, and then the choices start to get like robotic, you know, when you have somebody else's idea, you're playing an idea instead of all the colors that we have to bring. So we established that really early on. We had a good, great conversation where we talked about how it, how I like to work and how they like to work. And, and the director was so 
good at, they both were so good with receiving that and listening and helping. And so it was, it was really good, but Nancy is, is Bill's wife and she, um, I did not know that. And, and this is based, I don't know how much of it's real, but they had, it's based on experience they had together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I need to read the book. So she read this book, she wrote this book about it and then she wrote the script and, and I think that she was wonderful to have on set because she'd come over to me after something and I'd be like, was that too crazy? Was that too intense? And she'd be like, no, it's great. You know, she was on board. So as we, I know you have to go, but as we wind down, I'm going to wind up, you know, kicking myself if I don't ask about these two movies. So the movie that I was hinting at earlier is, is The Lodge. Oh, um, I'm just, I'm fascinated by that movie. I, I love those filmmakers and their work so, so much. So, I mean, I just I have to ask what inspired you to jump into a movie like that, especially for a role like that, that I imagine couldn't have been easy to say, like, like yes, I genuinely want to have to put myself in that headspace for a period of time. Veronica and Severin, I'd seen, I wanted to work with them because I saw their movie and it was just so good. And, um, so that's why, I mean, why wouldn't I want to work with those filmmakers, you know? And I read The Lodge and just thought this is so weird and so interesting. And, and it was so fun working with them. They're, they're a, a niece and uh, Veronica is Severin's aunt yes. and he yes. is her niece. I mean, nephew. So I think that's so interesting. Yeah, they they're uh, they have such an interesting relationship. We had them in studio for the lodge, and we spoke to them for like an hour plus, and and just their stories and their perspective and their relationship together is just something else. Because um, you're you're brought up uh, killing of a sacred deer. Your scene in that is just phenomenal. But another movie that I want to ask before ask about before I lose you is. Batman and Robin, because I was the perfect age for that movie when it came out, and I have a very soft spot for it, even though I know it's not as widely beloved as the other Batman movies. So I just want to know, what is the moment from making that movie that you will never forget that you still to this day are very proud of? <laughs> I mean, I loved all my scenes with Michael Goff. Michael Goff is a dream, and I just love that man so much. And so, you know just being with him was incredible and lovely. It's good to see you again. I've missed you. As I have you. Sleep well, child. You sleep. Go to bed. I mean, I like it when I get to do the like fighting scenes with um, Uma Thurman, that's fun. But I'd like to do it all over again as this woman. I think it would be much better now. <laughs> I I wholeheartedly would pay to see that movie again and have you all just come back and do it. And just, I mean, maybe maybe do it for an experiment. Just do it with a different tone or style or something. Yeah. I'm in. So we always end episodes of Ladies Night with uh, some rapid fire questions. So super quick, whatever comes to mind first. What's your favorite part of your quarantine routine right now? Just because we always need bright spots in our day. So what is brightening your day right now? I love going on walks with my son and the dogs. I love cooking with him. I love uh, reading. I'm really I'm finally getting to read a little bit, which is so nice. So Do you have a book recommendation for us? 
Well, if you haven't read Shantaram, that's one of my favorite books ever. It's like 850 pages or something, but it's so good. Okay. Mind Diet is the book you should read right now because it'll help you keep really healthy during this time. Fend off illness. That is exactly what I need right now. And, you know, to jump off of that then, what is your go-to thing to cook right now? Um, well, I'm always making delicious plant-based food from the Kind Diet and the Kind Mama. Um, the We make all kinds of things. I mean, what the heck? What did I... I don't have a go-to. I'm always... I mean, I always make greens. Every single day, we have a plate of either kale, cabbage, or bok choy with umiboshi plum vinegar, lemon, and flaxseed oil, and some seeds. That is That happens every day. That's no matter what. Um, and it's delicious, and it's nourishing, and there's so many minerals, and it's so good for you. Trying to get lots of miso soup in, healthy miso soup that you make at home because it's immune boosting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always trying to, I, I love making tahini for my salads and for things so that I have, um, you know, my son can get lots of minerals in his body and so delicious. I have to thank you so much for your time today. It is so greatly appreciated. Um, Everybody out there, I know you need things to watch right now. And Bad Therapy is a good time. You will not believe this trio of stars and what they do in it. So it's going to be available to purchase on VOD on April 17th. So do check it out. And again, Alicia, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up again on the next one. Okay. Thank you so much. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.